Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to CIR Realty Business Mastery. I am pumped today because we have a really special guest joining us all the way from Virginia. So that's why we're yes. doing this uh, phone call this way. Otherwise, it's a little bit of a long flight to get him to come. But Billy Okofo is one of the VPs of business development and solutions for leading real estate companies of the world. So our partner network of everything great that is independence in real estate internationally and we work super closely with Billy on a ton of different initiatives he's a big source of information for us and one of the reasons I'm excited to bring him to the meeting today is because Billy works with a ton of our Canadian independent members and I'm talking number one number two market leading independents across the country um, businesses who have been around for you know 50 100 years um, great companies and he gets to see what they're doing what their agents are doing different issues in different marketplaces but he also gets to balance that out with a much larger scope of what's going on in the US trends in Europe trends in Asia so lots of things that eventually come to Canada are issues that some of our partner brokerages across the world have been facing and dealing with forever so it's cool for us to have that type of person and I wanted to share our relationship with you guys because hopefully um, he'll be able to do a little bit of coaching and stuff with you guys moving forward. So that was a big introduction, but Billy, thank <laughs> you so much for being on our meeting today. Well, thank you for having me. This is, this is great. This is great. So. so you haven't met our people yet. So really quickly, Billy, um, talk about your history, kind of where you were in real estate um, and kind of just paint the picture of the experience you're bringing to this phone call. Okay. So I started out as an agent in 2013 so okay. December 31st 2013 I got my license as an agent and I sold real estate for about a year and a half um, with a Century 21 brokerage in Northern Virginia which is where I live right um, and then after that the owners of the company basically looked at me and said look uh, we want you to come on board as a full-time person because we have some initiatives that we want someone to test and then you can assist our lead manager at the time with giving leads to agents. So I, but I had to give up selling to do that because there was, there was a wall here that you can cross, right? Nice. So I did, um, and I went, I, I was a full staff member um, for, for a while. And then eventually I, I went on from being a co-director of leads man, management to managing the entire lead generation process. Right? So we were 11 office, 450 agents at a time. Um, and so all the internet leads that were coming into the company, yours truly was uh, the, wow. first, the first line of defense, which was, uh, I love doing it. I, I thought it was sort of like the, you know, the matchmaking for agents, right? The leads will come in, I will answer the call, I will service them, and then I will match them up with an agent, and onward they went, right? And so then I left that job, um, and I went to, um, and I went to work for, Inman News. So if, if you're familiar with Inman News, it's a, probably the number one online real estate um, magazine yeah. right now, especially North America. And so I worked for them for a little bit. I missed agent, working with agents so much that I left that job and came back to the same Century 21. And then I handled recruiting and retention for uh, some of our key markets, Northern Virginia being one of them. So. Um, and then, I don't know, somewhere in the leading RE came in and knocked on the door. And I was like, these, these guys are cool. I'm going to give it a shot. And literally, like, I think everything I wanted to do in terms of real estate, you know, the advisory, working with broker owners and 
learning from broker owners, right? This is not just a, a Billy comes in and gives advice. Like I get to learn from, from you, from your team, from other companies in the network. Like it's been such a symbiotic relationship. So that's me, right? So. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for that intro. And to everybody watching, this is why we have Billy on right now because, um, and we'll get right into it for the, with, with our first question, but it is fascinating to listen to the experience and the wisdom and also the cutting edge on the ground now um, information you have based off of your history and everybody that you're working with right now. So I know that you were actually just in BC and yeah. you were with one of our partners in BC. Who are you with? Was it DFH? I was with DFH um, and I was with McDonald Realty as well. So, uh, and Dexter. So I visited sort of a world, right. It was sort of a whirlwind there. Um, but Victoria is beautiful. I've never been to Victoria. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And so I don't know about the, the, the seaplane though. Like I, I'm, I'm six foot four, right? So it, it was very holding on to dear life. Please don't capsize the boat slash plane. Whatever you call it. Um, but, it but, but, but did you die? <laughs> no, I did not. Then it was a good adventure. <laughs> yes, it was great. Uh, beautiful scenery, beautiful weather, um, beautiful people. Cool. Um, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Nice. Very interesting. So, based off of just even being out on the West Coast, um, some of yeah. the other Canadian members that you've, been ex that you've been with, even some of the stuff that's been going on in the U.S., your opinion, being with different brokerages on the ground, day in and day out, what would you say are some of the top issues facing organized real estate, um, you know, and our model of full service real estate as, you know, yeah. CIR is, as the other brokerages you work with are, what is that? What are people talking about? So the big one right now, I will say, is um, there's, so there's a big push from the National Association of Realtors um, based here in the U.S., to sort of do away with coming soon. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is something that you guys have in your market yet. Um, it's, it's something that we talk, we talk about, like our company has a coming soon program. Most okay. brokers talk about coming soon listings all of the time, like realtors right. advertise their pocket listings all of the time. So it's nothing that anyone has in an extremely organized fashion, but it's right. definitely a marketing tool that everybody, all of our agents use informally all of the time. So nothing's been kiboshed, but I did recently read an article in, in yeah. England about yeah. the fact that they're trying to get rid of that. Yeah, so that article that you read, um, it basically highlighted Bright MLS, which is the MLS I belong to, who started now to charge um, a, a fine for, you know, essentially, if you put a coming soon listing without it hitting the market after, 24 hours, you're subject to $5,000 fine, which is a lot, right? And so, and then pocket listing also have been talked about going away. So there's a lot of discussions about that because, you know, the, the, it's like who benefits from it? Is it the, the consumer who benefits from it? Is the seller benefiting from it? Or is the agent or the brokerage benefiting from it? And the general consumer is hanging out to dry. Right, what's interesting about the way that we do it is our agents are allowed. So we have coming soon signs that are literally installed right. on our properties. Um, but in order for an agent to do a coming soon listing, they actually have to upload a signed contract with the client saying, mm -hmm. this is the elements of the coming soon listing. And they're not yep. allowed to market it unless it has a date as to when it's going to be on MLS. Yep. And at the 
brokerage, we don't let that date be more than two weeks in advance. So you're not allowed to run a coming soon without yeah. a signed date that we have paperwork for, and that sign is going on in two weeks. Yeah. Because so a lot of the stuff that you mentioned is true because otherwise, like, right, just the like the wild west of what might be on a market or what might not be on a market. And it's it's false right. marketing to say a property is coming soon if it actually never comes. That's it. So and and that's why the, our MLS was like, look, we we need to you know we need to put a stop on this. You know, everybody. You know, if you're gonna say if you're gonna prep a property to be on the MLS, it needs to go there. There's no no nonsense about whatever, right? So, uh, and and the reason, so you have to understand that the mechanics of this, right? If you go to California, for example, now Compass is very big in California. Like they just acquire probably just about the entire market, especially in a city like San Francisco, right? Wow. They own the city, right? For them to have, a, right, what they've been pushing in the market has been the, the coming soon and the exclusive Compass listings, right? So no, that gives them a competitive advantage because they now own just about the entire ecosystem, of right? Course. And with the number of the brokerages they acquired and number of agents they have serving with Compass, Right, you can make the argument that well. Why would you ever uh, go on the local MLS system? Why wouldn't you do? But good for Compass, I mean, brilliant. Right. So you know, from from that standpoint, I think it, it's it, it's a very interesting move. That being said, you can you definitely see the argument there that you know there are properties that are being sold between Compass agents that the general public doesn't even know about. And is that right? benefiting from? And is that benefiting? Exactly. From? Right. So now that pendulum swung the other way. So on the East coast where I live now, people are like, Hey, this was never an issue here. Like, why do we need to comply by these rules? And so people are looking at what's happening on the West coast and they're like, well, it's definitely an issue there. We just literally trying to prevent from, you know, the shoe to drop here, basically. That's and very so, similar to some of the new mortgage rules that were just put into play where um, there's some very hot housing markets that needed certain rules to go in. Um, yeah. But in other markets where you didn't have those issues, those rules are crippling um, first time home buyers. Right. But you're like, right. why are, like federal rules affecting, you know, exactly like in San Francisco, there's compass and it's a problem. Yeah. But in small town, Iowa, like, is this a problem? Right. Like, right. Are, like, are we just hindering what agents are doing? But that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. So, so the big conversation now, right? Like you ask about like, what's a, a big topic right now? That, that's literally it. So it doesn't matter which coast you, you know, on, on the West coast, they're dealing, they've been dealing with it since, you know, the whole compass phenomenon on the East coast. Now it started, it's starting to clamp on and NAR now is getting into the discussion. They're like, okay, we as a body need to have a, a very specific ruling on this. So when they go to NAR in San Francisco, probably in a couple of days now, they're yeah. going to vote on it. So it will be interesting to follow up and say, okay, if they vote, yes, we need to clamp down on this. What does that really mean for full service brokerages? Like, you know, the, the, the likes of CIR or totally. ones. Right. And I know that this is definitely, you know, U.S. stuff that you're talking about. And for everybody online listening right now being like, oh, but this is in the U.S., one of the trends that we see in Canada is stuff just starts earlier in the U.S. And I mean, like a Zillow or a Redfin is a very good example. Right. Um, I attended leading RE conferences for literally eight years in a row where I sat in a room where everybody was fighting about Zillow and Redfin. And you had some people, Redfin's very, I, I don't want to 
group them together because Redfin is completely different than Zillow, um, completely different. Um, but a Zillow, for example, you'd have half the room happy, half the room not happy. And we would just sit there as Canadians being like, this is so boring. This isn't our problem. But like eventually everything yeah. that happens in the U.S. Yeah, it comes down and that's becomes, it. right? Like, so now we have the exact same yeah. thing. Redfin in Vancouver. What's that looking like? What Remax did with them, which was crazy, my opinion. Right. Um, but anyway, so this coming soon stuff, I guarantee all of our boards are going to be looking at it as well. To oh, see yeah. That has. So um, it's a good thing that as a brokerage, we have put some mandates in place to make that work. We'll see what happens to everybody else. Yeah. So on, because I just brought up, um, you know, call it the Zillow, Redfin, whatever. Let's talk about, and again, I don't want to group them because they're different. And so yeah. mad at me if I even said that, but they're just different ways that one is marketing company. One is actually a brokerage different. Right. But as far as competition models go in general, mm -hmm. from an organized real, real estate perspective, give me your opinion on this right now. One of the challenges that we're facing in our marketplace is there's a lot of online-esque companies coming up. There's ads on radios for new real estate models that are coming up all the time being like, yeah. the way to sell your house, do this differently. Um, yeah. or, di or online brokerage models, just different stuff that is challenging the normal organized real estate status mm -hmm. quo, I guess. And one of the challenges that our agents have been having, and maybe you can speak to this, is mm -hmm. the value of a realtor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is so important, right? Like it is so unbelievably important. I know that day in and day out yeah. agents who offer full service are trying to fight the stigma that real estate is easy and you yeah. can do it yourself and you don't need an agent or these are the five things you can do yourself. It's so easy. You know, we can do, we can do this. Yeah. But when you have all of these competition models marketing themselves on the other, on the other hand, yeah. You have this group of realtors that are really trying to fight for what that looks like. And yeah. right now in our market, it's a, it's a big conversation. So um, that was a bit of a ramble, but talk to me your thoughts, <laughs> talk to me your thoughts on that or, or even some advice for realtors, maybe at the end of this part, some advice on realtors on how they can be com combating that. Cause I know you believe in full service organized real estate. hundred percent. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot packed into it, right? So let, let's try to unpack some of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we should start from a premise, right? What is a realtor? Um, well, even before that, let's just be honest right now, right? If anybody wants to sell a house themselves, they can literally do it, right? So then why do you need a realtor, right? Well, I think we as an industry, it doesn't matter across the, you know, you could be in the US or you could be in Canada or whatever around the world, we sell the value of the, the agent is simply just become someone who comes in and sell my house and leaves. Right. And I, and, I, and I've been sort of fighting that mentality because I think we, we're much more than that. Right. Um, full disclosure, my wife is a real estate attorney, right? So she advises clients on certain things when it comes to the transaction, she works with agents, you know, starting the moment they ratify a contract, she works with them until settlement and she also assists at the settlement um, table, whatever. And so the value she brings, right? Speaking of value, it's people know that, Hey, we, we have an advisor in her. Like she can actually look at the contract and make sure that we don't deviate from certain things or we're following the rule of the law. Right. That's the, to me, that's really what an agent, an advice, a real estate advisor ought to be. 
right? An agent to me is someone that just takes a house, sell it, moves on. I don't think we should train these type of people anymore. I think we should, with the changing in the market, we should really look at this as more of an advisory opportunity, right? I want CIR agents literally for people to think of real estate and think of them, right? And, and, and I say this because the moment people start associating real estate to you as you know, the real estate professional, this is where your phone never stops <laughs> ringing, right? This is where people coming to you and saying, hey, I, I have, you know, I know you, you're in real estate. Can you advise us on, on the, what's going on in the market? rates and mortgage, whatever it is, right? Like you being viewed as a resource, that's what ensures the, your longevity in a business, right? So that's the premise I come from. Um, and that's the prem, premise really I try to instill on some of our agents and even some of our members, because I, I believe with all the changing in the market, this is where we need to become in order to survive, right? And so the, then an advisor's value proposition is it, it, it's too deep to be done away with, right? Like financial advisors, you know, I, I don't discard my accountant. <laughs> yeah. right? Like I call them, you know, when they come, like if there's a, a little change in our income, like he's the first one I call him. Like, hey, is this going to affect? Like that's where we need to go as, as, as agents, right? We can't just be the person that says, hey, I sold the house in five days. Like, well, now you can click on the button and get a house value and get an instant offer now, right? With some of those companies. So what are you bringing to the table? Like it has to be more than just, I can move your house from point A to point B or get it sold or put a sign on it and then call it a day. No, like all those things are useful. Don't get me wrong, but you have to offer more than that. So thinking more of an advisory role is the route for me to go. Now, when it comes to other models, right? Models come and go in real estate. Right? If there's any truth in that, I mean, it, it just, it, it's plain and simple, you know, and the tendency that we have as an agent, I'm still licensed. So I know how we think is that, you know, there's a better model there that somehow that will make our business or our real estate life better. But the truth of the matter is own up to the fact that it doesn't matter which model right, you choose, you still need to do the work, right? The, the, the advisory part needs to come in. People still need a reference to call when it comes to real estate, right? Um, and again, I don't know sort of the nuances in Canada, but here as an agent, I am linked to multiple businesses, right? Whether it's mortgage, um, you know, uh, yard work or whatever, right. like all these business, businesses, like I'm the conduit tool. So like someone can literally call me and say, Billy, do you know a plumber? Heck yes, I do. Do you know a tax accountant? Yes, I do. And do you know a real estate attorney? I'm married to one. Do you know, like all these businesses translate, like, I am the, the person in the middle. That's my value, right? And so uh, right. you don't press a button here and hope for miracles to happen. Like, you want me to come and advise you on certain things? I can do it. That's where we need to go. So there's a lot in there that are packed, but I, I think the premise has to be, we can't be just salespeople anymore. Um, yeah. You know? and, and I think that's the reason why a lot of agents are nervous about the market right now is because your value as a salesperson is being trumped on, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, that's, that's so, just it, right? Because for a lot of these businesses to attract other agents and yeah. for them to attract, for them to attract agents, they need to attract consumers and for them to attract consumers, um, their marketing pitches, real estate's easy. You don't yeah. need 
you don't need to pay these real estate services. What are you paying for? So right. you're right. Like the, the value proposition to even combat that type of marketing really can't be about selling a house because you know, right now in our marketplace, we don't have instant offers, but one day we might have instant offers. So if our value yeah. proposition is selling a house, like man, yeah, that's that, it. That becomes tough. Right. And then I think a lot of, people are freaking out right now in the industry because that has been their value prop for so long. And then now it's being stripped from you because like I said, everybody can do it. So what makes you special? Right? And, totally. so and the other, the other thing too, and I know that this is one of the things that we're focusing on and um, you work with a lot of brokerages that I look up to in a big way. And every year, you know, a conference, I'm so excited to see some of these people and these companies for what they're doing, but it seems like, from a brokerage model, um, mm -hmm. and you can give me some advice on this, and at the same time, you're gonna be speaking to a lot of our agents, is in order to be able to offer that much value, yeah. you really do need to be with a brokerage that is focusing on ways to make, to set you up as that advisor. Like, like I know for us, and again, this, a lot of this is because of what we learned from other companies and leading real estate companies of the world is, at the end of the day, it's very important that you have an accounting and a paperwork system and an office manage management team that's going to make sure deals run smoothly. But like yeah. that does not cut it anymore. Like no, that, no, no. Like, that yeah. does not cut yeah. it anymore. Like where we put yeah. all of our focus is literally on like how, what are we doing on a day-to-day -day basis to make yeah. the relationships that our agents have with their clients stronger. And 90% of that isn't actually real estate related at all. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Imagine that, right? Which which is really interesting, but a lot of these other like the online brokerages and these ones that are just focusing, there's no there's there's none of that, right? Like all of those brokerages are doing are just saying, you know, we'll help with the paperwork, someone's going to look it over, you know, you're likely not going to get sued, but going in my opinion, going that route with your business in a time where you know, an instant offer could literally replace you if that's mm -hmm. your MO right now. Like, I don't, I don't think you can do that. So have you, have you found kind of the same thing that a lot of brokerages are focusing on ways to make agents that conduit like you'd mentioned? Yeah. So it's, I think it's even deeper than that. Right. So there's something I call the life cycle of an agent. Right. right. And so when you, when you, I used to do recruiting, right? So I'm, I'm coming from that perspective, right? So when you have an agent, when you're trying to instill the value of your brokerage to an agent, whoever the agent is, wherever they come from, somehow you have to convince them that you are the best company for them. If they are at the beginning of the career, you're totally, you know, you're valuable to them as they progress as an agent, right? Like, so they start from zero to, selling two houses to four houses to 16 homes to 24 to just being a top producing agent and you know to looking at retirement are you the best company to make sure that this entire time the agent still finds value in the service you provide right and now keep in mind that value changes as the agent's right it goes into the life cycle right and so and then i think sometimes agents when they think about their business they don't think of it as a life cycle business right they, they think of it as just like a series of short-term successes right yes you, you can sell five houses this year or you know 20 houses this year 
next year is not guaranteed, right? Um, and so, and if you wanted to scale next year, right? Like, what do you do to scale? Like, sometimes changing it in, in a brokerage may not be the right solution, right? If you exhausted everything that you have in your current brokerage, and if you ask your broker, right? Like, what are you doing for me to help me through that cycle, right? I want to go from just being a, you know, $3 million producing agent to a $7 million producing agent. What are the tools that I can use? What is the training that you provide for agents looking to do that, right? And so you as a broker, right? That's your, that's your duty, right? And then that's the hard part because sometimes brokers just check out, right? It's easier to say, look, you, I'm gonna cut you some slack on your commission, right? I'm gonna pay you 100%, I'm gonna make sure everything is legal, but you, you do you, right? Um, go up there and, and do, do yourself and you know, we're just here for the bare minimum. In fact, we don't provide offices, we, nothing. You just do your business, do your marketing, you know, we'll, we'll help a little bit by your 100% commission, right? It's a very different value proposition for you to say, everything we have in this building is a conduit for you to grow your business, whether it's from zero to 10, or 10 to 20, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And then you as a broker, you know, saying that is one thing, actually delivering on that, it's an entire different thing altogether. Definitely, right? so definitely. Right. So you come into work every single day and that's the question you need to ask. And this is what I tell some of the members, right? Do you actually believe that you have everything to answer or to help your agents move down that life cycle? Because, you know, and that's your true value proposition as a company and you as an, for the agents listening, you need to be able to recognize that this is what your brokerage offers, right? Yeah. And, you know, you need to demand that this is the, you know, in fact, demand it, right? Like, it's like, are you the place for my business to, to grow, you know, wherever I want to take it? Is CRR the place for it? You know, I'm biased. I think it's 100% place for it, right? But this is the job you, Kirsten, and your team, literally every day, this is what you do, right? And it's, <laughs> it's hard because I know it, you know, that's, brokers don't want to do it right now, especially with the changing. Like, I would rather step back pay my agents 100% of the commissions, make it easy on their end, and let them worry about well, and, doing everything. And that's what we see a lot of brokerages doing right now. And one of the things that's interesting is that we've actually been tracking, and even for all, all the realtors watching right now, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I know that we believe that every day, um, you know, to all of you guys, our, our, our agents watching, every day you wake up and you make a choice to be with us versus all of the other options that you have. And we take that really seriously, right? Like every day we got to work to make sure that we are the best place for your business yeah. bar none. Um, but there's a lot of people that think, you know, and here the market is tough, right? Like Alberta right now, you were here during election week in BC. You probably heard a bit about the Alberta struggle. It is, it is a grind here and agents are really hitting the pavement, less money to work with, less sales happening. Price point is a little bit lower. It is tough. So what a lot of agents are doing are saying, like, I'm not really making it. I can't afford the fees. We have very reasonable fees. And they're going to these models that you just talked about where it's like, I'm going to pay you hundred percent. You're going to pay less money, you yeah. know, God's God speed. But the agents who have left in the past year and a half to those models have made 30% less on average than being with a company that is saying, how are we going to make, how are we going to make you better? Right. So, I mean, yeah. 
your, your point on that is right. Like it's a very different model to say you are now 100% on your own. Yeah. Good luck because it's tough. It's tough. Well, I, look, I, I, I think some people will make that decision, you know, more power to them. But generally speaking, you know, I had to recruit agents from 100% commission structures to a one, the one I was working on where they were going to be at a 70 30 split. Um, and we had a cap system. For those of you who understand cap, it means after a certain, you know, when the brokerage collects out of their share, when yep. it collects a certain thing. Yes, right? that's like, the way that ours would, yes. So, yeah, like, how do you convince the value prop to an agent that's used to getting 100% of their, their money, right? This is where I really needed to know, this is a business decision for you. If you're going to give us, the brokerage, 30% of what you earn, Here's what we do with that money. Like this is what yeah. we provide. The very room here is multi-use. The very technology, you know, we, we well connect in the industry. You know, we, we have training, otherwise, whatever it is, right? It has to be a convincing value proposition because if it's, and, you know, and, and realtors need to use it, right? Like for every realtor yeah. listening online right now too, I mean, like I think it's important for you guys to, for them to all realize that, you know, there's a certain amount of money that you are giving the brokerage in a year. And we, we, and I, we firmly believe this and, and we do it. And I know our, our, our agents know this, but we reinvest that money into tools and services to make business better. But like, you got to use it, right? Like yeah. that is there, right? It's like, these are the resources of my brokerage. Like, what am I tapping into? Like, am I making a difference with that? Like, right. am I asking the right questions? Like, what am I doing on a weekly basis? Am I doing that mail? And I'm, am I attending these client events am i going to that training program right like all yeah. of stuff is you're you know this is stuff that you're paying for you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of it for your business too anyways i don't yeah. want to belabor that one too much more because i we only have about 10 minutes left and i have two other okay. questions i want to ask you um so the next one is agent productivity yes so and you know maybe it's from a marketing standpoint or an online lead gen standpoint i you can kind of let me know but agents that you see that are out in the market right now mm -hmm. and not, you know, the mega teams with 20 people do, you know, making 10 million, doing 400 transactions, not that, but the average agent doing, you know, who's brought their business to between 20 and 40, 20 and 50 deals a year, yeah. which is great business. What do you see those people doing specific, specifically just a couple of tasks that, or yeah. a couple of interesting things. So number one, I think what they do regularly is that they prospect. Right. And, and I mean this, you know, it, it is take it for what it is, right? Like whether you do calls or, you know, but I, I think they don't just prospect for the business, they prospect for relationships. Right. And so the, to me, there's, there's a difference, right? So um, prospecting for the business is frustrating because every day you have to a certain numbers, right? Prospecting for relationships is you taking a vested interest in the people you are trying to help. Right. To the point that where again it's about building that connection in their mind to think about real estate and to think about philly right and so that's the, they invest tools and resources to prospect to you know anchor down those relationships so prospecting is very key and then having systems right so you get connected with all those people you kind of know everything about them you kind of know what they're looking for do you have systems to ensure that you can follow up with them consistently right there's a point in, and I've seen this in top producing agents, right? There's a point where, you know, that the system works so well 
that it becomes automated, right? Like it, it just, and, and then not automated in the sense that it sends emails, you know, like they, they just so embedded into, you know, the number of people they, they need to, to, to reach out to, right? It, it becomes so innate who they are. And so that's what I see, you know, never mind about, you know, it's not about so much buying leads or converting right. online leads. It's about just, you know, look, real estate is a relationship business. Start getting into relationships, right? Uh, and sometimes they're messy, <laughs> right? Just be honest about yeah. it. Um, but, you know, in the end of the day, it's, it's one of the biggest decisions people make. And the top real estate agents that I know in the network, this is the way they do it. They're like, look, you know, I'm here to help you solve a problem right? Especially when it comes to real estate, whatever that problem is, I will either find a solution or I know the solution. That's why I'm your advisor. Right? And then people literally start calling them and say, Hey, I know you're in real estate. Um, but we have a question. And, and that, at least to me, like the, and it's still happening right now. So those of you listening, I haven't sold a house in a four and a half years, right? I still get calls when people are like, Billy, I know you're in real estate. I know you didn't, you don't sell homes, but we have a question right now. If I was a selling agent, what is that to me? That's a referral. Yes. Right. That's something for me to like, that's for me to show my value to someone else. And they hopefully they'll be impressed and say, you know what? Thank you. Right. I'm going to start sending like, this is how relationship works. Right. And, and yeah. top agents did not work. Now, do they make calls every day? No. Um, but do they make the right calls? Do they answer the calls at the right time? You bet they do, right? And so, but you need to get at that level. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to consistently, consistently build upon it. So the thing I love about the prospecting for relationships thing too, and again, going back to all the new business models that are popping up here is mm -hmm. those are one-time deals. Yeah. Like those are one time deals. If you have a relationship with somebody that yeah. you care about, that you believe has a valued interest, those are your clients for like, those are your clients for life, right? There are very few instant offer any type situations where you're not going to call the person that has shown that they care about your life and your family and your situation. Like you, you're not, you're not going to lose that, right? Like those yeah. competition models aren't scary if your business yeah built on relationships. That's true. Um, so there's two other things that I've seen. So there's also a, a, a huge focus on hyperlocal, right? Mm. Um, and so, you know, becoming sort of the, the mayor of your, your, your little part of the universe, right? Um, so case in point, I live, you know, I live in a particular county. It's called Loudoun County um, here in Northern Virginia. We're close to Washington, D.C. And there's different neighborhoods where I live, right? Like the one I live right now, it's called Broadlands. Um, there's an agent here and she's a friend of mine, right? She knows, like she lives here and this is her playground, right? Like she knows the events, she knows people in the community, she knows what's going on. She's the person people go to, to ask for uh, information, right? That's what you want to create. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you ever wanted to be at a point where, you know, you're, you're top of mind to people, like you need to show them that you have a vested interest into where you live, right? It is a community important to you. Are you visible there? Do you know what's going on? Are you being a reference to your community, right? Um, and then the switch to that. So there's a hyper-local, call it investment or um, knowledge, 
but it's also a global knowledge, right? The beauty about your agents as being members of Leading Ari, they can literally do business anywhere they so choose. Right? Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter if they're in Calgary, right? It doesn't, you know, it, it's not about someone moving out of Calgary or moving in, like, they have, if they have connections all over the world, someone can literally, someone they know can say, hey, I'm, I'm going to move from Germany to France. Well, guess what? You as the agent here in, in Calgary, you can say, you know what? I can assist you. Right? That takes a, a very different approach to your business to know that, you know, look. Oh, we're who part can of a, say that? And who does right. say that? No one says that. Like, that's, that's it. powerful. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's the, you know, I call this, well, we call this winning differences. Like, can you honestly say that you, you do business globally? Right. Um, and if you, like most of the, 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 whatever your competition up there cannot say that. Do they have offices around the world? Well, it's kind of easy when you have the exact same name in different country, right? But to be what I call a, a global network, you know, there's nothing, there's not another CRR in Belgium that I know of, right? Not but yet. We have, right, not yet, right? The, the global expansion is coming. But we have, we have members speak different languages, different, you know, cultures. But the, the one thing that bounds them to, that bonds us to each other is the fact that we're part of a very selective network. And we, we have the same approach when it comes to the business. We take care of our people, right? We train our agents to be the best. We're the best in our marketplace. So, you know, instinctively, you want to do business with the best, right? And then you as the agent, you have access to that network. So, you know, and it, by far, it's probably the easiest thing you can do in terms of business development. You just need to do it consistently, right? That's the other thing, especially when it comes to referral. Um, this is the one tip that I've seen agents in our network who are doing well. Referrals are part of the business plan, right? So there's that. You know, when things strategically about your business, include that as a line item is, you know, this, I'm going to earn money by doing this. That oh, makes yeah. a little difference. And so. from being at, and, you know, hopefully some of our agents are going to be attending the agent portion of the Leading Ari Conference in Vegas at the start of March this year. We're like, well, we've been promoting it. Um, you'll get to meet yes. some of them, hopefully, if they come. But there is a, for, for those of you watching, there is an awards night. And it looks at different agents who have participated in, you know, the global referral network. And I'm not going to put numbers on this, but there are some people, and Bill, you can attest this, who make serious money. Like in like the referral income, as far as like one of the line items that they're giving their accountant every year, is yeah. insane. And it's literally because, and this is something that leading RE, a term that you guys use that I love, but they've literally mastered the art of the introduction. Like they just, they really do see other leading RE networks as not just being, you know, some company in Belgium that I'm going to refer business to, but it's like, I have, I have business partners who work in Belgium yeah. and I would love to be able to introduce them to you because they're the absolute best in the business. Yeah. I trust them. The experience is going to be great. And I want to be a part of that. And people who master that art of the introduction, like not only are they creating that client for life, but like yeah. that's real money. That's it. So, and then if some of the agents are competing with teams, right. And say, Hey, we have a team. It's like, you have a global team. Like literally you have a global team, right? Do you want to do business in China? Well, heck yes, you can. You want to do business in the middle East? You can, like I am a global consultant, right? And then there's also nuance in the name in, in the way you present yourself, right? Like a, a global advisor 
sounds kind of nice. It's like you can advise people on global real estate matters, which you can, right? By virtue of just your connections, right? And so to me, that's like the diamond in the rough. Like you can't find this anywhere. Like, and I work at Century 21. Um, and I, you know, I know their limitation, right? The, the brand is great, but it's limited. Um, and so this is where the, this, you're in a very street spot. Like if you're an agent with CRR or an agent with leading RE, like this, I wish I was in your position, uh, but I can't. So they have to do the work for me. <laughs> well, you are so helpful to us. And thank, and thank you for adding that. I wanted to close on a little bit of information about the leading RE network and you did that. So oh, good. Super grateful. Um, and yeah, even just for all of you guys watching, for anyone who does have clients that are looking to invest, like part of their investment portfolio is, you know, to buy properties in the US or um, to work with Chinese buyers. It's not just referring you to an agent in that area. Um, very similar to, you know, Billy, who works with us in Canada. We have, there's leading RE management who manages members and the services that are happening in Europe, in Asia, yeah. right? I mean, everywhere. So it's not just, you know, here's an agent of a name and a brokerage. There are actually people here that if you have clients that need some service that are another step of service that are part of our network right. that are accessible to you. So it goes more than just here's a brokerage and here's a name. So if that's part of your business, let us know. Yeah. Um, let me connect you with, let me connect you with Billy as well. You guys can get some advice there, but um, yeah, huge potential that a lot of you guys aren't tapping into. So um, Billy, Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're us. welcome. Today, Thank you for having me. You could be here in person, but at another time, we're going to bring you to an, a, a big event and yes. um, get you to do some coaching and some speaking because you are brilliant in the value you bring to our management team. Um, I want you to be able to have that to our agents as well. And this was a little first step so they could see your pretty face. Um, <laughs> and you'll be able to see their pretty faces another day, but I appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. You're most welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. See you, Billy. Bye.